but Pamela's attention had been diverted elsewhere. Here are the chantries, she said. A woman was coming down the beach, a tall woman, very conscious of herself and her body. She gave a half nod and a smile and sat down a little distance away on the beach. The scarlet and gold silk wrap slipped down from her shoulders. She was wearing a white bathing dress. Pamela sighed. Hasn't she got a lovely figure? But Poirot was looking at her face. The face of a woman of thirty-nine who had been famous since sixteen for her beauty. He knew, as everyone knew, all about Valentine Chantry. She had been famous for many things. For her caprices, for her wealth, for her enormous sapphire-blue eyes, for her matrimonial ventures and adventures. She had had five husbands and innumerable lovers. She had in turn been the wife of an Italian count, of an American steel magnate, of a tennis professional, and of a racing motorist. Of these four, the American had died, but the others had been shed negligently in the divorce court. Six months ago she had married a fifth time, a commander in the navy. He it was who came striding down the beach behind her, silent, dark, with a pugnacious jaw and a sullen manner, a touch of the primeval ape about him. She said, Tony, darling, my cigarette case. He had it ready for her. He lighted her cigarette and helped her to slip the straps of the white bathing dress from her shoulders. She lay, arms outstretched in the sun. He sat by her like some wild beast that guards its prey. Pamela said, her voice just lowered sufficiently, You know, they interest me frightfully. He's such a brute, so silent and sort of glowering. I suppose a woman of her kind likes that. It must be like controlling a tiger. I wonder how long it'll last. She gets tired of them very soon, I believe, especially nowadays. All the same, if she tried to get rid of him, I think he might be dangerous. Another couple came down the beach, rather shyly. They were the newcomers of the night before, Mr. and Mrs. Douglas Gold, as Miss Lyle knew from her inspection of the hotel visitor's book. She knew, too, for such were the Italian regulations, their Christian names and their ages, as set down from their passports. Mr. Douglas Cameron Gold was thirty-one, and Mrs. Marjorie Emma Gold was thirty-five. Miss Lyle's hobby in life, as has been said, was the study of human beings. Unlike most English people, she was capable of speaking to strangers on sight, instead of allowing four days to a week to elapse before making the first cautious advance, as is the customary British habit. She therefore, noting the slight hesitancy and shyness of Mrs. Gold's advance, called out, "'Good morning! Isn't it a lovely day?' Mrs. Gold was a small woman, rather like a mouse. She was not bad-looking. Indeed, her features were regular and her complexion good, but she had a certain air of diffidence and dowdiness that made her liable to be overlooked. Her husband, on the other hand, was extremely good-looking, in an almost theatrical manner. Very fair, crisply curling hair, blue eyes, broad shoulders, and narrow hips. He looked more like a young man on the stage than a young man in real life. But the moment he opened his mouth, that impression faded. He was quite natural and unaffected, even perhaps a little stupid. Mrs. Gold looked gratefully at Pamela and sat down near her. "'What a lovely shade of brown you are! I feel terribly underdone. One has to take a frightful lot of trouble to brown evenly,' sighed Miss Lyle. She paused a minute and then went on. "'You've only just arrived, haven't you?' "'Yes. Last night we came on the Vapo d'Italia boat. Have you been to Rhodes before?' "'No. It's lovely, isn't it? 
Her husband said, Pity it's such a long way to come. Yes, if only it were nearer England. In a muffled voice, Sarah said, Yes, but then it would be awful. Rows and rows of people laid out like fish on a slab, bodies everywhere. That's true, of course, said Douglas Gold. It's a nuisance the Italian exchange is so absolutely ruinous at present. It does make a difference, doesn't it? The conversation was running on strictly stereotyped lines. It could hardly have been called brilliant. A little way along the beach, Valentine Chantry stirred and sat up. With one hand, she held her bathing dress in position across her breast. She yawned, a wide yet delicate cat-like yawn. She glanced casually down the beach. Her eyes slanted past Marjorie Gold and stayed thoughtfully on the crisp golden head of Douglas Gold. She moved her shoulders sinuously. She spoke, and her voice was raised a little higher.